This episode of Money Honestly by Cache is brought to you by USAA. If you're currently serving, a veteran who served honorably, or an eligible family member, they've got your back through every stage of life. To learn more, visit USAA.com. Hi, this is Money Honestly. I'm Jana Heron, and today Stephanie Asimkos, a reporter on my team at Yahoo Finance and Cache, is joining us. We'll be talking about traveling during the coronavirus pandemic. Thanks, Stephanie, for joining us today. Hi, Jana. So traveling during a pandemic. Um, let's go back, first of all, because things have changed so much. Let's go back to February. That's like almost six months into this pandemic. How has travel changed during that time? First, when we started to know about what was going on up until now. Right. I mean, it's it's kind of two different approaches, right? So there, there were people who sort of saw that, you know, the U.S. was banning overseas travelers from China and then ultimately people from the European Union nations. Um, and then airlines were canceling flights, but airlines were also having really cheap fares. So there were some people who were just kind of like devil may care attitude of like, hey, fares are really cheap right now. Like, let's go capitalize on this. So that was one group of people. Another group of people did the same thing for cruises. Um, But then ultimately, airlines canceled flights, cruises essentially just stopped operation, not just in North America, but worldwide or sort of not not worldwide cruises, but cruises stopped traveling internationally. Uh, that makes more sense. Um, and then as time went on, if, when people were returning from those places, they had to undergo screening either at airports or ports. And you know, some places like Florida placed restrictions on travelers from hotspots like the tri-state. And then uh, here we are today. So Right now, uh, the U.S. passport only gets you into about 80 of the country, 80 of the countries that the U.N. recognizes. And I think the U.N. recognizes maybe close to 200. So nearly half of the world's countries are off limits to Americans right now. And that's just because um, the health of this country and the response to the coronavirus hasn't been the strongest compared to Asian countries and European countries. So they don't want us right now. That's kind of amazing, Uh, especially that like passport um, idea. It's like usually you could go anywhere you wanted, um, but now we're not welcome. Um, Obviously because we're having some issues keeping the coronavirus um, cases under control, but it's not the same everywhere in the United States. So that takes me to my next question, because we've been seeing um, Governor Cuomo, uh, Governor Lamont, and Governor Murphy um, from New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut impose certain kind of travel restrictions to just U.S. visitors into their states. Can you tell me a little bit about what they're doing and how that's been changing? Yeah, the the tri-state has started this little, this little 
coalition, this little tribe, and announced in June uh, that they will impose a mandatory 14-day self-quarantine on visitors. And uh, if we can remember that the tri-state, specifically New York, was the country's first epicenter. And New York has really made great strides in reversing that direction of COVID cases and sort of slowly phasing open and reopening the state's economy. So the first travel ban, or I shouldn't say travel ban, the first travel advisory, that first cohort of states was nine. uh, And we're recording this morning, it's July 29th. And now that's up to 34 states, plus Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico. Go ahead, Jana. Tell me again. So the travel advisory, what is it that you have to do? Yeah, you have to self-quarantine for 14 days. So that means that when you arrive from, you know, say Florida to New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut, that means that you are on self-imposed lockdown for two weeks. That means no going to the grocery store, no going to the park, no swimming on our beaches, no hiking in our mountains. That means you are homebound. You cannot interact with anyone. Stay home. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a fun vacation. (laughs) It doesn't at all. You could do that at home. (laughs) Right. And so how do they determine which states are on that that travel advisory list? Yeah, so that metric hasn't changed since June. Uh, It's just that the that COVID is spreading and the case count is rising. So it's a positive test rate greater than 10 per per 100,000 residents over a week or a positive case greater than 10% over the same period. So basically what that means is that take a a state, take um, Wisconsin. If Wisconsin's COVID case count from last week to, you know, sort of week over week has changed greater than 10%, then Wisconsin would be on the states that would have to self-quarantine arrival of the tri-state. So this list is dynamic. It can change. Your your state might be on it one week and then they get their stuff together and they fall off the next week. Yeah, we've seen that. That's actually been happening with Delaware, which actually obviously borders New Jersey. Um, it's kind of been, it kind of found its way on the list, then off it's off, then it's off the list and now it's back on. So yes, it is very dynamic. And you say Delaware, I'm actually traveling there very soon. So yeah. <laughs> keep up my eye on that. Um, and are the uh, the tri-state area, is it the only, are those the only states that are imposing traveling restrictions? Or are you seeing that um, other places as well? No, it's not. And I get some uh, sometimes colorful tweets and emails from people telling me that they are just appalled at what, you know, Governors Cuomo, Lamont, and Murphy are doing, but it's not just the tri-state. And Florida actually has a retaliatory move and has self-quarantined visitors visiting Florida from the tri-state. So it's not just the tri-state. And then also states like Maine, Hawaii, New Mexico, Massachusetts, Vermont, and Alaska all have some type of visitor quarantine measure. And either that is in, um, you know, say when you arrive to, you know, the states outside the 48, meaning Hawaii and Alaska, you have to show a negative COVID test or 
um, in the continental U.S., if you when you arrive, it's just a mandatory self-quarantine for 14 days. So each state has its own sort of mandate. Okay, so and those things can be changing too. So if you are planning travel, it's probably important for you to check and keep checking on the status of the state that you're going to. Yes, you don't want to put all of this planning and take time off of work or something and then only to be turned away or have your plans completely hampered once you get there. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Money Honestly by Cache, brought to you by USAA. If you're currently serving, a veteran who served honorably, or an eligible family member, USAA has your back. They can help you manage your money and protect what's important to you. With roots grounded in the military, they understand what their members are made of and can offer financial products and tools that fit their unique needs. For those who sacrifice so much for our nation, USAA is here to serve you. To learn more, visit USAA.com. Membership eligibility and product restrictions apply and are subject to change. So let's talk about if you want to take the leap and travel. If you decide to fly, for example, I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that. I know Dr. Fauci even said he was, wouldn't be comfortable doing that. Or you want to stay at a hotel. What can you expect right now from the airlines and from the hotels? So hotels are going to look totally different than what we even saw six months ago. I'm not sure if they'll ever return, but sort of the hallmarks of hotel stays, uh, things like mini bars, buffets. Um, if you're in a higher end hotel, you might get, you know, some some plushy slippers or a plushy robe. Um, <laughs> all that's gone. Um, none of those things are a part of the hotel stay anymore. Um, and whether they're com- whether they're coming back, I'm not too sure, but for now they're gone. Um, and right now airlines require all passengers to wear masks for the duration of the flight. Uh, some of the U.S. carriers have different rules about um, elderly or um, child passengers on what what their sort of mask protocol is, but you'll have to check with your airline and um, the information will be on its website. Okay. All right. I know um, regarding hotels, I have stayed in one hotel. I was pretty, pretty pleased with everything. I didn't have anybody clean my room while we stayed there. And this is, oh, I forget what it was. I think it was a Holiday Inn Express. And they usually serve... Um, breakfast like a breakfast buffet and obviously that was gone too so yeah it definitely looked a little bit different but I felt safe so that's good that's great Um, yeah so you also have talked to several travel bloggers and analysts about what's going on Um, when I think about a travel blogger at this time it must be very difficult blogging about travel since it's very hard to travel at this time what are they saying they're really hurting right now. And, you know, two of them that I talked to, their livelihoods really hinge on travel and audiences view their content on, you know, social and blogging and YouTube. And it's either a form of escapism or it's, it's practical advice on destinations. Um, and then they also get, you know, the, the monetary piece out of this is sponsorships through anything in that travel orbit of, you know, credit cards or luggage or, you know, 
anything that's, you know, packing cubes, whatever it could be, that's sort of how they sustain all of this. Um, they are finding ways to pivot their focus and leaning more into domestic travel. Um, you know, RVs and camping, people are making a big deal about it right now. It's white hot. So they're partnering with, you know, rental car, rental car companies, RV companies, uh, camping equipment. Um, we're kind of seeing that resurgence there. Um, and then some of them that, who are staying home are sort of pivoting to that more lifestyle content of, you know, things that people are doing right now, things like, you know, baking and cooking and gardening. And uh, that's kind of where they are. Um, I, I feel terrible for them, um, especially, you know, being self-employed. Nothing is really ever guaranteed before the pandemic. And now things are, are very open-ended for them. Yeah, I can imagine. But it is interesting that um, they're pivoting towards the RV camping that does seem like there's more interest there and it seems like a more the kind of travel that you can do and still socially distance i mean i'm actually going camping next week <laughs> so we'll see and i know that every site um at the uh, campground is booked so um obviously people are still thinking about camping so that's interesting and van life right that's a big deal yeah it is a big deal. I don't, I don't know if it's for me, uh, but it's for others. And that's wonderful. I think that if you live in any type of apartment in a big city, uh, I'm not really sure what the appeal is on living in, you know, a tiny house or a small space because that's what we live in, in cities. Um, but it's great if people want to try it. Um, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. So I also saw another article that you put out that I thought was really interesting about Barbados and wanting to get people to work there remotely for a year. That's right. Um, what a role reversal. I feel like we opened up with like all the places that Americans aren't allowed. And uh, now it's Barbados um, that is welcoming Americans for 12 months, which is a huge deal because Americans could only stay without a visa in Barbados for three months. So we've extended that to, a, or they have extended that to a year. And uh, yeah, they made this announcement in July and, you know, they're just sort of making all of the provisions for Americans to come and stay there and work there, um, setting up short-term housing, uh, making sure that their internet is in tip-top shape, because if you are still working right now and you are in your job allows you to work remotely, your day just like lives and dies on that internet connection. So right. is, is really, um, really beefing up that. And yes, that is a, it is an attractive offer that I definitely considered. Yeah, so that's that's something you do instead of the van life. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it sounds like it would be nice to be sitting on a beach and doing my work. That would that does sound pretty nice. Oh, I know. But then so, you have to work still, so I don't know. It'd be, it'd be so hard to find motivation to do everything I needed to do if I was in Barbados. That's true. Yeah. So, Stephanie, if you had tips to give people for traveling right now during a pandemic, what, what would you say to them? 
It's a great question. Um, I would say since we've all been so in attuned to our, our mental health and our physical health lately, I say that you should only go if you feel comfortable. So if the thought of boarding an aircraft already has your nerves just like in a wad, you're likely not going to be comfortable on that trip. And your comfort will just, your lack of comfort will directly, you know, append any type of relaxation that you're going for on, on the trip in the first place. So I would say, listen to your instincts and plan accordingly. Uh, if flying just doesn't sound good to you right now, don't do it. Think of, you know, another way where you can get somewhere either by boat or by car, either renting one, or if you have a personal vehicle, um, or a van or an RV or, or go that way. That sounds good. And also, given how these things change, um, I guess you want people to be flexible as well, right? Yes. So, I mean, it must be so hard to plan something ahead of time, um, knowing that maybe you you can't return to your state, for example, if you live in New York, or you, you can return but have to quarantine for 14 days. Right. Um, and it's not going to be the vacation that you know, I sort of think that we all are kind of accustomed to because there's going to be, depending on where you go, uh, you know, there might not be restaurants open or occupancy may be really, really down. So you won't be able to get a table there. Um, if you're at, you know, an Airbnb or a VRBO, you might have to do a lot more of your own cooking than you would normally do on a vacation. So just think about, Think about that, you know, and like you said, you know, sleeping in a hotel room, you didn't have someone come in and make up your bed every night, which is the thing that I most look forward to when staying in hotels because <laughs> it's just so nice getting just like a fluffed pillow. Like I don't do that at home. So it's so nice when someone else does, but you're just not going to get that right now. That's really, really insightful because I mean, it's reflective of everything that's going on in the pandemic. Everything is not normal. Everything has its own bent. Um, you have to make these sacrifices or changes um, that you would normally have. So let me ask you, since you've been covering tr travel um, during this time and know the ins and outs of what's going on, do you plan to travel anytime soon? I do. I hope to get away at the end of summer. Um, my husband and I have been looking at just little Airbnbs, um, we live in, in New York City, so just maybe about two hours, 90 minutes outside of New York City, um, which is a, an entirely separate world if you're not familiar with this part of the country. Um, so somewhere, you know, in the woods where we could hike or kayak um, or just kind of be on our own and have it be night and day from Brooklyn. Um, but I recently visited my parents' house in New Jersey, um, and it was the house I grew up in. Um, my parents have lived there for 20 years, but you know, even though I, it's so familiar to me, it, it felt like the four seasons because it was, I got to swim in their pool. Um, I got to go on you know, long walks through their neighborhood. They live in a very rural part of the state. So it was wonderful that I got to have that change of scenery. So, you know, that's as the crow flies, my parents live about, you know, maybe 40 miles from where I do. Uh, but it, it felt like a vacation to me. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today on Money Honestly. And thanks for everyone listening. 
Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating review. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Money Honestly by Cache, brought to you by USAA. If you're currently serving, a veteran who served honorably, or an eligible family member, they've got your back through every stage of life. To learn more, visit USAA.com.